Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Denver, Colorado, it's time for Franchise Bible Coach Radio. Now, here are your hosts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Franchise Bible Coach Radio podcast with Rick and Rob. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Mr. Nick Zamison, founder of Bio One Inc. and Best Option Restoration. And he's going to be sharing his insights on how to build uh, positive staff strategies and the keys to servant leadership. And Nick is a, a good friend and a, just an amazing franchisor. Nick, you're one of what I call the superstars of the of the franchise world. Is that okay if I call you that? Well, I mean, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad title to have. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes an amazing speaker and leader and. Just a lot. I, I could have a lot of uh, a lot of topics that Nick would be able to handle for sure. Um, but uh, he's created a, an amazing franchise model at Bio One and has uh, brought together an amazing uh, team and has built uh, a, a culture around your business like I've seen very rarely in the franchise industry. And not only with your franchise or I mean your franchise owners, but with the the staff the 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 experiences they have with local law enforcement and the different uh, people in their communities. It's just been an amazing uh, thing to watch your company and, and what you've done there. So uh, we're thrilled to have you and we're excited to see what kind of gold nuggets you can share with us today. I'll give, I'll give you what I got. I'll tell you that. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> nice. Let's get into it. All right. Well, I'm going to introduce you to my co-host, Rob Ganley. And he's going to kick it off and get the question started, and then we'll just kind of see what happens here. So, Rob? All right. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Uh, so, as we go ahead and get started, Nick, uh, one, of the, one of my favorite questions for a guy like you is, tell us a little bit about your background and how Bio One and Best Option Restoration, you know, came to be. Well, I mean, starting backwards, Best Option Restoration came from Bio One. We, we were tired of pushing work down the pipeline and, and giving it to the guy across the street over at Bio One. Bio One will, uh, you know, it's a crime and trauma scene cleaning franchise and a virus disinfection franchise. Um, so all the bad things in life that we don't ever want to talk about, Bio One handles. When Bio One goes in and, and remediates a scene, they often leave um, baseboards that need to get put back and, and, and uh, walls that need to be repaired and floors that need to be repaired. And rather than just keep pushing it off to other franchise companies that may or may not represent our brand well after we're done, because sometimes people don't realize it's not, it wasn't by the one that didn't, that didn't do that correctly. And on the putback, uh, we decided to create a company called Best Option Restoration. And so now the two companies work tandem, kind of hand in hand, and they're, uh, they've been very good about not only um, uh, passing work back and forth and working as a family, but uh, like you guys talked about the culture, um, it's important that everyone's on the same page. We all believe in helping first and doing the business second. And, uh, uh, you know, it's all about finding the right people. It's never rushing. It's, it's never rushing to get anything done, whether it's, uh, you know, you don't rush through a good marriage. You don't rush raising kids and you sure as hell don't rush putting together a long-term business strategy. So 
if you think long term, uh, it works out well. So that's uh, you know that's kind of the background of the of the two companies and where they came from. I, I can tell you, I guess I didn't say bio one came from the church uh, you know, originally. Uh, lady, it's a lady, uh, pastor, uh, pastor of mine that had said that a, a man had taken his life in the audience and he didn't see his wife. Uh, this week and wanted to know if some of us would go see how she was doing. And this was 20 plus years ago, guys. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I kind of raised my hand and said, yeah, we'll go. I mean, when the pastor looks straight at you and says that you kind of have to go. And so yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll go. Uh, you know, I was in my early twenties, just young and dumb and, and got to the house. The lady was, uh, the widow was sitting on the couch next to some other ladies that uh, had beaten me there from church because Again, I was in my early 20s, and I probably stopped off and got a sandwich. I don't remember what I did, but I wasn't the first one there. Right. And when we walked, when I walked through the door with a buddy of mine, she pointed to the back door and said, they said I had to clean it myself. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And the back door was actually what I thought it was the back door was actually her bedroom. So I grandly walked through the front room and said, no problem, like, grabbed the door handle and opened it and looked inside for about 1.2 seconds and shut it real quick. And it's a, it's a vision that I still have in my head today because that was the first time I had been exposed to a suicide. And I, I saw browns and pinks and yellows and all the all colors of the rainbow that you do never want anyone to see. Uh, it wasn't pretty. And long story short, I walked back to the couch, asked the ladies from the church, uh, get her, you know, get her out of here. Uh, we'll uh, take her to lunch. We'll, we'll stay back and do this. It'll only take us about an hour, <laughs> well, yeah. five, hour five hours later. <laughs> again, what I didn't know, um, it was, uh, so uh, again, I didn't have a company back then. Uh, I was, I was in my early twenties, just trying to figure out life and what to do. And, uh, again, the, the part of helping first and doing the business second and a strong company culture, truly has to be adopted by the franchisees that you truly do care and the business does come second because it's again it didn't start didn't start by a profit profit opportunity it started by helping a lady in the church so that's you know that's the story of Iowa yeah I love that story and I I remember when we first met Nick you, you were trying to get it into perspective for me of what your business was all about and I remember you telling me the story of the woman that said uh, my daughter committed suicide in, in our house and I need to get my house back to some level of normal right. and they, they have to live there, you know, and, and that kind of gave me chills. And I think about that a lot, um, with your business model that, uh, and you say you're the last responders, right? right. Yeah. We, we tend to, we tend to come in when everyone else is gone and do our best to put things back to normal. I mean, it's just not a, it's not an everyday event that, that somebody goes through like this, thank God. But it's a, um, you know, it's reality of life nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, and the other thing that that I want to talk about is we're this week, our theme is staffing strategies and servant leadership. And uh, I think you exemplify servant leadership in everything that you do. So um, when you're talking, let's kind of break those down a little bit. We're talking about staffing strategies. I know that right now you guys are really busy, right? And and hiring the right people and building your team and keeping them incentivized and keeping them on board and, and growing and, and leadership development and all that good stuff is part of that staffing strategy. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys have implemented and, and how that works for you? 
Sure. You know, staffing strategies for us is, uh, it, it goes back to finding the people that buy into what you buy into. I mean, uh, again, when we specifically, and, and, and I know you're not looking for specifics, but just with bio one, um, it tends to be a company that goes after the majority uh, law enforcement, fire departments, EMTs, because they're used to helping people on a daily basis. I mean, they say, you know, people joke all the time and say, a cop, you know, cops became a cop to shoot people in the face. I don't, I don't believe that because a lot of my buddies are cops and they assure me they didn't become a cop to do that. Um, they truly do want to help their community and be a part of it. And, you know, so when we go in staff, we look at these first respond, the true first responders. We look at the guys that are out in the field and uh, want to make a difference. And they tend to fit really well in our systems. And I don't care if it's bio one or bore because the, the thought of helping somebody out either in their greatest time of need, like bio one does, or like bore does in a really irritating position no, no one died at board, but you're standing in an inch of water and that's enough just to ruin your damn day. Right. And, and so to come in there and have empathy for the situation, to be able to hold somebody's hand and say, I'm going to take care of this. You have enough to deal with. Um, it, it's very important again, like I said, to, to find the people that are on the same mission that you are. And that's for us is always helping people first. Yeah, and I'll point out for our listeners that BOR stands for Best Option Restoration. We right. were telling that in the beginning. So, yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the other business. So, uh, awesome. And, and when you're thinking about uh, servant leadership, uh, for instance, and like I said, you exemplify servant leadership, and, and I've witnessed that on many, many occasions with you and how you, how you lead. Um, you know, how do you define servant leadership and how is it different than some of the other leadership models out there that you might see in the franchise world? Well, I mean, I, I think, I think you put it best Rick with the upside down pyramid, you know, um, I really do in the, in the franchise Bible, you talk a lot about it and, and I buy into that model. I bought into that model before I even knew it was your model. <laughs> it just, it, it just always made sense. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's part of walking your talk. It's never asking somebody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. It's, it's making sure that, you know, when people say, you know, Harry S. Truman, when people say the buck stops with you, boy, it better. You know, um, I don't think people will follow you if they think you're BSing them. Um, you can do it for so, you know, you can only do it for so long. I've seen uh, within franchising, I see a lot of these CEOs, um, you know, they, they, I say this often and here's the best way. One of the ways I can say it is, you know, everyone wants to be the boss until it comes time to write the check. Right. And, and I don't care if it's, you know, uh, uh, actual physical money or it's getting down there and doing the work, you know, every franchisee that, that I have on in either system knows that I'll get down and dirty with them in a heartbeat. I'll never ask them to do something I wouldn't do myself. And, I walk my talk. If the answer is no, the answer is no. And it's no for a reason. If the answer is yes, which I usually try to make it yes, but it's important. I mean, one of the things that I've done over at BOR and, and best option restoration of BOR, like you said, is, is a newer company. It's been around for a few years now. We have about 17 locations 
And because it had slowed down, one of the things that I thought was the best thing to do for everybody was I kind of held, uh, held a moratorium, if you will. I, I'm not collecting franchises any or fr franchise fees or, or any kind of fees whatsoever. We're not even looking at it until the end of September. Mm -hmm. I don't need them to pay me a dime. What I need them to do is focus on their families, focus on making sure their bills are paid. Um, you know, and I think things like that, it's, it's a, it's a little thing, you know, to not collect and, um, but it's what I can do to help. I mean, the, the you know, the 4,000 or three, $4,000 to me versus putting it to, in their pocket. I mean, it, you don't want to starve your franchises in the most crucial times. And I, I wish more franchisors were doing this. I was on a call actually with a bunch of CEOs and it was, uh, you know, whether it was college hunks and 1-800-GOT-JUNK and us and, and, you know, uh, pure clean, um, and, and a couple other guys, I can't remember their smaller franchise, but we were talking about what are we going to do or what are, what, what was each of us going to do? And I said, well, I'm just holding off. I'm just holding off royalties. And there were crickets. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. Wow. They're like, well, why would you do that? And I just simply said, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, why not? If you can, if you can help the franchisees out in the pocketbook where it matters the most, it seems like where they feel like we're always sticking it to them is always in the pocketbook. Then when things are down, you know, let's make sure that they understand that we're there with them. We're there and we need them. We want to nurture their business. We want them to thrive, get through this because we don't need a bunch of locations shutting down because they can't make these, these fees that you've, that you've imposed. And uh, again, I, I just, every one of those franchises, just crickets. No one was even offering support. They kept saying, well, the government has that PPP and this and that. And guys, the fastest thing we can do to make a difference is to stop collections of invoices. And, and here's what I'm doing. I'm tacking it on the back end. Uh, you have to clear out your, you got to clear out your, your account by December 31st, but I'm not collecting nor charging late fees during this pandemic time where things for almost every franchise and every person is slow. So, you know, when it comes to server leadership, again, uh, you know, I'll, I'll thrust, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the first one to put my, you know, put my foot on the ground and the last one to leave. So I, and that's just the only way I know how to be. That's great. And, and servant, really the key with servant leadership. And I often say this is that you put franchise owners first, you put them before yourself when you make decisions. I talked about that in the article for this week. Uh, when you're making decisions, you got to think about the impact it has on the franchise community before yourself and, and that's really really critical and we should mention too how many franchises do you have now by one great question over a hundred i don't know <laughs> hundred something yeah i don't, that's, I don't know that's sandy's department right? yeah that's Sandy's. Jason. but uh yeah and then how about with boar with best uh, right now we're sitting at 17. Awesome. That's awesome. And you're very selective. I know that that's also part of the process and in Franchise Bible, since you brought it up, and it doesn't take much to get me to talk about my book, but, um, yeah, you know, we talked about what, uh, how to be selective and choose the right franchise owners. And you guys exemplify that as well, because a lot of times franchisors will sell to, to any, anyone that may be able to write a check, but you're very selective and that also helps with that.
Well, I think, I think that, and I think you would agree that that's a, that's a fast way to bury a system. It is short term thinking and going for the buck rather than building a solid. I mean, here's the thing you can, you can build a house and put the foundation and just have it all be, you know, thin set. And the minute it starts building on it, it just crumbles because the foundation of the property is not where it is not as tight and solid as it needs to be. The franchises for me, it's the first 30 franchises are the most important franchises. Now they're all important. I'm talking about for long-term success though. Early adopters. Yep. The early adopters, the first 30 are the ones that are going to make or break long-term your franchise model in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. We hear that a lot, don't we, Rob? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. And, you know, everything you're saying, I think, you know, rings so true for for my philosophies and Rick's. And it's just great to hear you talk about this, but it's almost like everybody needs to adopt this now, right? In the moment we're in here in early 2020 or May of 2020. So with that being said, Nick, you know, tell us a little bit about it. And I kind of like the answer. I know the answer you're going to give. And it's, it's a bittersweet answer, like you had said earlier, but tell us a little bit about how this, uh, this pandemic is affecting Bio One franchisees and, and Boer franchisees. Uh, it, it's, it's, the, it's polar opposite. Uh, the Bio One obviously being biorecovery and virus, uh, virus mitigation. I mean, Bio One franchises are having stellar years. I mean, we have... We've had franchises that, and we almost had another one this month, but we've had franchises that are billing out um, over a million dollars a month, you know? And when you have, when you have, uh, uh, you know, uh, margins in the high 60 percentiles, I mean, bio with the, for bio one, COVID-19 has changed the lives of franchises for bio one. Um, I don't know any of them that aren't just busier than they want to be. Boar, on the other hand, because there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers at home right now, um, they're fixing their own pipes. Maybe they're doing it right. They're probably doing it wrong. I have a feeling when this ends, Boar is going to get extremely busy with the things that were done wrong. Right. And uh, while it's while we're not uh, while while Boar isn't starving, because again, pipes in the walls are, are breaking and sewage backups are happening. Um, the claims are down about 40% because there are so many, you know, there are so many people at home willing to, to give it a college try and, and do it. Uh, again, it, it will, I have no doubt it will explode by the time uh, these stay at home orders are completely lifted and, uh, and people get back to normal. What, what might be our new normal and uh, we'll be extremely busy. Exactly. Awesome. Well, and the, um, you know, thinking about your your franchise owners, both in Bio One and, and Best Option Restoration, do you have a favorite real world customer story that one of your franchisees has experienced recently, where they were kind of exemplifying servant leadership? I know you said earlier your your slogan is kind of help first and business second. Right. And I know you guys practice that kind of every day, so it might be hard to pick one. But is there any that stick out that kind of exemplify what? what that servant attitude is like with your franchisees. You know what? Um, on the franchise, like you said, the franchise side, we, 
we're so used to having that mindset because I mean, I can tell you from day one, I mean, Rick, which, you know, and, and, and Robbie, you too, we drill it into them in training class that this is not about money. The more you help, the more you're helped. That's all there is to it. And this is showing it. I think the more, um, a, a better story that has happened just a few weeks ago was um, actually about Sandy. Sandy Eads, our vice president of operations for franchises. She jumped on a plane over Easter to go help a franchise who couldn't get anybody to work a COVID job. She went to California over Easter to help, wow. to help our franchises out. Um, again, I, when I heard this and that she actually did it, she asked me, you know, do you think I should? And I said, look, it's Easter. I'm not going to tell you what to do. If a, fran a franchise is just going to have to work over Easter and, uh, you know, but the fact of, I mean, guys, it, 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 it boiled all, I mean, helping first, Yeah. you know, it boils all the way up to corporate. I mean, Sandy jumped on a plane last minute, went to California to help a franchise who was doing a massive COVID job that could not get enough people, um, not enough bodies. Cause it was a holiday weekend. People were just like, I'm not working. And she, she left her kid, her two kids over, over Easter. I mean, thank goodness the you know, other dad had them. Um, so, I mean, Kurt was there to take care of the kids, but the fact that she missed a major holiday in a young kid's life to make sure that her franchisees that she looks after uh, were supported from the corporate side. Uh, I, I, I don't know any better story than that. Then, I mean, God, it's not just the franchises. It, it boils the corporate too. We, we truly walk our talk. And it's, a, it's I, I think that shows a lot to, because it was a younger franchise. It was a newer franchise. They got this really big job and they were panicked. And Sandy stepped up and said, I'm going to, I'm going to hold your hand all the way through this and I'll be there. And I'll be there in six hours. And sure enough, she was, and she spent the whole weekend there. So I, you know, I really applaud, um, uh, Sandy and Jason and, and, uh, and Michael and Steve for, for what they do while I step away and grow another company, they, they truly take care of this company just like I would. So, you know, having the right team around you and not only on the franchise side, but when you're building your company on the corporate side, I mean, you know, they gotta, they gotta be able to walk their talk as well. And, and they did. So I was extremely proud of her. That's a good point. And, uh, we've been talking recently in the past few weeks about building your team and, and, uh, the whole focus of leadership development. And uh, I always say you can't fake it. You're either all in or you're not. Right. And so for those of you that are franchisors that are kind of uh, getting started, keep in mind that the people that you recruit and onboard as your executive team, they have to buy into your ethos, lock, stock, and barrel. Because when it comes down to things like this, I always say that uh, you can tell the true character of a leader when you get on the, on the battlefield with them and the bullets are flying. Uh, it's easy to talk about how you are a leader, but until you're under fire, it doesn't show. And I, I say that uh, we're all under fire right now. And uh, that was a great example that Sandy stepped up and on her own uh, and got on a, an airplane, which isn't easy to do, do today right. and not the safest uh, thing to do. And uh, also to get out there and support a franchise with a real world application there. That's great. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, she's a rare, she's a rare breed. Yeah, she is. And knowing, knowing you, your team, 
and everything you just said about being patient, investing in the right people, and leading with a servant mindset is exactly that. That's what I would expect to hear, you know, and that's knowing Sandy, that is Sandy, and that that response is totally in line with that. And so what that brings to mind, Nick, is we have we're getting to the end of the show and I'd like to offer this to you is, is the one golden nugget, the opportunity. You know, leaders like you, I love listening to you talk. So if you have a one gold nugget to, to, to give to other CEOs, other leaders uh, in, in, in franchising, what would it be today, given the situation we're all in right now? It goes back to, in my opinion, it's investing in your people and walking your talk. I find a lot of people out there today are saying a lot of what people, what they believe people want to hear instead of what they need to hear. And that is something with me you'll find in my organizations is, as you both know, <laughs> I'm pretty direct. You can't get much more direct than me. But when I mean, when I say something, I mean it. And, you know, I'm not going to BS you. And, and, and it's important to, to that your franchises know that if, you know, even if the answer is no, I feel that they'll respect you if you're consistent. You know, one person asked me, and it was silly, it was an, it was an interview, not, not, not too much different than this, and it was a couple of weeks back. Someone asked me one word that describes you. And I had to sit back and think, because there was a lot of things that came to mind. <laughs> but I think the, the final thing that I would, that the golden nugget, if you will, that I would tell people, what describes me and that hopefully would describe them is accountable. I am accountable in every sense of the word to my franchise company. And I think every CEO or every founder needs to have a sense of accountability to everyone around them, whether it's on payroll or franchisees or clients of franchisees, you got to stay accountable. Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, I do, I do know that about you for sure. And I've seen you in action. I've seen you with your franchise owners uh, face to face. And I, I can see that that's not only, words, but actual action in your life. Um, well, and before we get off that subject and close the show, uh, made me think that, you know, there's franchisors and franchise owners that are part of this initiative. And, you know, just a, if it's a first time listener out there, just to kind of refresh your memory, we started this right at the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak. And it was just our way of giving back to the franchise industry that we love. We decided how can we help the franchisors and the franchise operators and owners out there get through the, this hard time? And, it's, and we figured it's going to be at least a three-month kind of a deal. And so we picked a 90-day initiative. We're calling it the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge. And what we're doing is offering uh, free weekly coaching videos and, of course, the podcast, along with an article on entrepreneur.com and a Facebook community where you people can sign up and and ask questions and share ideas and triumphs and struggles and things like that. And all you have to do is sign up at franchisebiblecoach.com. And uh, it's uh, a free, no strings attached program. And hopefully we'll help people get through this time. And we're already hearing stories of uh, people getting involved and, and we have hundreds of people that have responded. So uh, with that in mind, Nick, um, what, can you share anything with us that, 
you know, if you if you're, if you're a new franchisor out there that maybe just getting started, or a, a new franchise owners that just kind of have the rug taken out from under them, what would be um, just some advice that you would give somebody right now? You know, it, it it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't, everyone would do it. Um, don't compromise your your strategy for acquisition and take the easy buck because the easy buck now is a nightmare a year from now. And it's important again, stay the course is kind of cliche, but I don't know what else to say besides remember when you got into this, the plan that you had and stay where you need to stay. Find the good coaches around you. But like you said, you guys have built a, a universe of, of, you know, positivity and resources that people can go to. Don't shortcut yourself or the system by not staying true to why you began to franchise. It wasn't all about the money. I hope not. <laughs> it takes right. a lot to make. <laughs> I mean, it had to have been about something bigger than that. If you're going to grow your business through other people, make sure you're investing in those other people and not just taking anybody because that is the kiss of death. Excellent. Excellent um, advice there. Very good. Well, and the other thing too is that uh, as you grow your franchise system, keep in mind that there have been amazing companies that have come out of the crisis like this and think about how we in the last few weeks we've been talking about ways that businesses have been adapting and changing the way they do things and and just know that uh whenever there's something like this there's usually uh quite a lot of uh, opportunity on the other side so be creative and uh, be genuine be transparent and uh be accountable uh, to your uh, your customers and your franchise owners and, and each other. And that will, uh, that will uh, come through for you. So everybody, thank you very much to Nick Zamison, who is our, uh, our guest today from Bio One and Best Option Restoration, and my co-host, Rob Ganley. And remember, uh, this week is the topic is fight at the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge is week six, uh, staffing strategies and servant leadership. So watch the corresponding um, coaching session and read the article and join that great Facebook group and tell all your franchise friends to join the Facebook group and ask questions. And uh, we'll have Nick back soon and at uh, another one of our, our sessions. So I'm Rick Grossman signing off and uh, thank you guys. And we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Bye.